California. Hey, this is Mandy. And Echo. And Greg. From Cheek Face. And you're listening to KPCA. The Village Network of Petaluma is part of a national movement to empower adults aged 50 and up to live active and connected lives. We provide volunteer services such as grocery shopping, prescription pickups, phone friends, and community resources. And also offer a variety of programs, interest groups, webinars, and social events. To get involved, please call 707-776-6055 or email info at villagenetworkofpetaluma.org. Petaluma resident, Chris Port. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. And uh, how, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm very excited to be here. I love your studio with all the, the great photos. Some of uh, some of the concerts I saw. Um, and growing up in the Bay Area, we have a long history of, of music and fabulous venues. Yeah. I was you know, fortunate to grow up during a period where uh, the Fillmore and the Winterland were vibrant places to go see shows. Um, oh, yeah. It was a great, great time, a yeah. great period. And you've got some of that memorabilia here. Yes, we do. Yeah. Thanks to uh, uh, our programmer, Ed Perlstein, who does a show on, he does a show on, I think it's Tuesdays, Monday or Tuesdays, he does a jazz show from 4 to 5. And then on Fridays, he does a... Uh, a show uh, from 5 to 7 called uh, Live from the Archives, where he, as a, a, a photographer from uh, for Bill Graham and Grateful Dead and some of mm-hmm. the other venues, uh, he took photos and has decorated our studio with uh, a lot of those nice yeah, photos. I love shows like that. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're usually extremely well curated. Uh, the host or the DJ, whatever, uh, always is extremely knowledgeable yeah. uh, and usually has some great stories to go with the music that he's playing or the bands that he's featuring for yeah. for that show. Uh, I'm sure he must have seen a lot of great shows. Yeah. I, um, I was a Grateful Dead fan. I'm sorry to say I saw over 100 shows. Don't be sorry. Uh, I, I'm somewhat of a, a dead fan myself. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just showed Chris my Grateful Dead tattoo. Oh, that's so nice. For you, for you <laughs> listeners, you can't see. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I um, uh, I enjoyed going to those shows as well. In fact, you know, I, uh, I hope Mom's not listening, but I used to tell my parents I was babysitting and then hitchhike to the city and sneak into the... Fillmore and Winterland. <laughs> Not to take anything away from that story, but it's common. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people that were hitchhiking. You know, in those days, you could pick up hitchhikers. Yeah. It was safe, and people hitchhiked, and you picked them up. Yeah. Um, 
unfortunately, that's yeah. not the case anymore. Not the case, but um, anyway, I um, I wanted to uh, make note that our weather has drastically changed in the last week. I was camping last week, got home Monday evening, and I'm glad I did because uh, we immediately got those rains that we needed. We do need the rains terribly, and it's nice to have the seasons change. Yep. That summer went a little too long for me, personally, and it's nice to have the seasons change. You know, Petaluma is such a great town for walking. Uh, The downtown is so nice, and it's flat, and you get the... You get the changing colors and the leaves falling, mm-hmm. and it's it's very fall-like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Great bike riding weather. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good to ride your bike. Yep. Not too hot. Not too hot. Um, uh, with that, though, uh, we really lucked out. I wanted to point out also that we really lucked out this year and that we didn't have any major wildfires in our area. And I'm so grateful for that. Gosh, I agree with you. I think everyone was just holding their breath through the entire summer. And are we going to have one of those horrific Octobers? Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know so many people that were impacted. We actually had two families that stayed with us after the 2017 fires. Um, Yeah. Guys that lost everything. Yeah. It's just horrible. I had people staying at my home as well. And then look at all those folks that were at the fairgrounds. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Speaking of the fairgrounds, uh, the city council met, was it this Monday or Monday prior? Anyway, they met, and it uh, looks like the fourth. Uh, we have a new agreement. Ag, yeah. Uh, well, there's no agreement. The, Not yet. The decision was made uh, unanimously, though, by the city council to uh, not renew the current lease uh, for the Ag District and um, that the oversight of the fairgrounds uh, is going to uh, come back to the, the City Council, the City of Petaluma. So. I think that's appropriate. I, I think they should yeah. have they should have oversight yeah. and it should be it should be part of what they do and it should be part of their plan. And it should be a source of revenue for the city. Yeah. Certainly. Well, a lot of folks are uh, fearful that it's it's a big bite for them. They, they, you know, that's a lot of oversight we're talking about. Right. And uh, folks are concerned that the current parks are not being overseen as well as they could be. And that for them to take on uh, all this property is Mm -hmm. going to be a big big job. Well, parks, um, we're in the process. Um, I work for, work for. I'm uh, president of uh, a nonprofit here in town called the Petaluma Leghorns, and we run a baseball team uh, for kids 19 and under. 19 through 16 is typically our age range. And we're in the process of working with the city to build a ball field on the other side of town. Um, and I, the city has a lot to do with the parks, it's complex, um, and, but our experience has been great. We've had a really good experience uh, with the park people. True uh, Halter has been very helpful, and the rest of the city has been extremely helpful with this project. So um, I think they're up to it. I, th- I think that they could probably handle. Yeah, certainly. Well, yeah. Time will tell. Yeah, it will. And it's going to take time for them to figure this all out. It's not as if that one meeting has determined 
the outcome of, of the property itself. Um, no, so. but they have taken that first step, yeah. and it's it's always important to do that to make that decision to commit to those types of things yeah. and, and take that first step. And I, I'm. I feel positive about it. I think it should probably work out well for the city. Well, I, ho- I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in other news, I always like to mention what's going on with the social network uh, next door. Uh, the scuttlebutt this week is the uh, potential closing of Cattleman's Restaurant and turning it into a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> um, I caught a little bit of that uh, in the uh, in the paper this morning. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the article. Um, is that a cattleman's decision, or is Chick Fil A going to buy them out? From my understanding, it, it kind of sounds like there's an issue between the landlord and cattleman's, and uh, so nobody. I don't think anybody really knows. Mm-hmm. The, all the facts, sure. but okay. just the fact that... That's a big Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and it can't be a drive through because we don't have drive through restaurants. No. Um, gosh, that's a, that's a huge building. You know, I haven't been in there in quite oh, well, some... Oh, they're talking that they would tear the building down and rebuild. Oh, I see. Because yeah. it's so cattlemensy, you know. They yeah. all look the same. Yeah, I've never seen a Chick-fil-A. Well, I've actually never stepped into a Chick-fil-A, but I don't imagine there's any Chick-fil-A's with um, wagon wheels hanging. No, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, I've never been to a Chick-fil-A. I have not either. Yeah. They're supposed to be great. Yeah. No? Yeah. You know, I, I deem the political person that I am. Oh, and, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily eat a lot of fast food. But I do. Like I don't either. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm one who likes to look at corporations and see who gives them money. And okay. when I see who they get their money from, it makes it's the deciding factor for me on whether I'm going to. Um, That's a good criteria. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's very good. That's takes a lot of. Yeah. Thought and a lot of research, and that's yeah. good. Yeah. Make your decisions that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more piece of good news for our community is that tomorrow the Pollock Class Theater uh, is having their grand reopening. Uh, well, it's a grand opening because it's never. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a church. They will have two. Yes, they'll have two shows tomorrow, and um, the Pollock Class Foundation, which was founded in 1993, and uh, is uh, run by Executive Director Rainey Howe. Um, they have done a lot of work to get that place in shape to make it a beautiful theater for our community, and I'm very proud of the work Rainey did. I, I think you should be, and I think you did a great job. Um, are they going to have a dedicated theater company there, or are they just going to be open for shows? You know, I, I can't answer that. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. you can go online. And have you been inside to see it? I have been inside. Is it nice? It's nice. Yeah? It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. That'll be fun. Yeah. Are they going to do any music there or just... I don't know. I, I I know that it's going to be available to the community for rental, okay. so I have to imagine... So you can have a party there. Sure. Yeah, you can There's have a book of band there. Weddings and, and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Great. Great. Well, that's good because they do such good work and the revenue will help to offset some of their costs. So, good. Good for yeah, them. Yeah. And that was a long time coming. Those folks worked 
extremely hard. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah. And uh, and thanks for this community for all the efforts they did with contributions and in-kind donations. Um, it wouldn't wouldn't have happened if that that didn't. No. Didn't occur. No. So. But that's what uh, that's what's good about the community. Yeah. Everyone pulled together. Okay. So before we get started with the show, I want to remind folks, uh, Election Day is on Tuesday. You need to get your ballots in by Tuesday. You either have to have them postmarked by Tuesday the 8th uh, or get them into a ballot box at one of the polling stations or there are a variety of drop boxes around town. Uh, I can't give you the locations, but I know the Lucchese Center is one location where you can for sure uh, drop your ballot, but get them in. Uh, if you want to get counted. Okay? Okay. Well, I already sent mine in. All right. I Good. voted early. Good deal. What is it? Vote early, vote often? Is that what they yeah, say? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, uh, again, I want to uh, introduce uh, my guest today, Chris Court, who is a member of the steering committee for Petalumans for Responsible Planning. That's and, uh, right. Thank yes. you for wanting to... Well, thank you for giving us the opportunity. This has been, uh, this whole issue has been floating around now for 18 years. Okay, and the issue that you're speaking of is the uh, Scott Ranch property, which that's, is 59 acres at D Street and Windsor Drive. That's correct. Yes, yes. so yes. Yeah, 19 years is a long time. Yeah, I think it's only 18, but, you know, we're, we're close. 2003. Okay. So. 2003 is when Davidon Homes acquired Purchased the property it. and submitted the application for 104 okay. homes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it has been that long. Yeah. Wow. It's long. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's it's been a long time. It's been a it's it's been extremely contentious and it's polarized people and um, that was never our intent, but it certainly has happened. Yeah. Um, Why don't you start off first by telling uh, the listeners a little bit about Petalumens for Responsible Planning and uh, what your mission is. Okay. Um, we were formed 19 years ago uh, in response to David on purchasing the Scott Ranch from the University of the Pacific. And as Cindy mentioned, they put an application for 104 homes. Um, there was an immediate backlash from the neighbors, which also resulted in them being labeled NIMBYs, not in my backyard. And because of the way that Petaluma noticed people in those days, they were the only ones that were noticed about this pending development. So, yeah, it was in their backyard, but nobody else knew about it, so nobody else really was aware that this was going on. So, they were the first to get together to put together the steering committee. Um, I was part of the original steering committee. And the goal was to come up with a way to, to stop the development, to leave it as open space, to potentially get someone to come in there and be the stewards of the land. Um, but the, the task that came before us was extremely daunting. I mean, we were just a group of people, um, no experience uh, in dealing with the city, with developers. At that time, there was still a planning commission, uh, and we had to learn a lot. There was a, there was a big learning curve for us, and it took us quite a while. But we've been um, we've been diligent. We have maintained our message uh, that we wanted to be transparent. 
that we wanted to people to know exactly what was going on. And that has, that has helped us. We have continued to stay on point, stay on message, and to try to make people aware of actually what the impacts will be. Um, there's certainly another side to that story. Uh, David on and Kelly Creek uh, feel that the that the project is a good compromise, and that um, the people will get uh, parkland. It will open up Helen Putnam Park. Um, some of those things are, I don't want to say inaccurate. Um, okay, I just wanted to interrupt sure. here for yeah, a minute. You're talking about Kelly Creek Protection Project. That's correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. So they, um, their director, Greg Colvin, was an original member of our group. And at some point, he felt that uh, this was the best compromise. Um, he actually coined the term road to zero. That's what we have tried to do all along. He was the person who first, who first uh, came up with that term. Uh, but at some point, he felt that this was a compromise, and he was—he had concerns that if we didn't compromise, the developer would either sell the property, uh, potentially reapply, even though the city had continually come back and said, hundreds too many, they knocked it down to 66, it then went to 45. The last time they came before the council in 2017, the council came back and said, we want to see a proposal, uh, a DEIR, for 28 homes. That's an environmental impact with yes, the draft. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Um, so they, uh, they set about doing another uh, draft environmental impact report. And uh, given COVID, timing, uh, all sorts of issues, um, it's just going to come before the council now. After all these years, right. so um, again, we have we we still have the same message and the same goal that we're trying to get get this to be preserved as open space. Um, so that's that's where we are at this point, and we have hired um, we've hired our own biologist. We uh, we hired a fire expert to scrutinize and to look at what their reports had said. Okay. Are these reports public? Uh, ours are, yes. Yes. Are, yeah. they, are, are they on your website? Uh, they are. They okay. are on the website. Okay. And um, people can go look at them. They can see what what our biologists determined, uh, which was which was different from what Davidon came up with. Um, one of the issues that our biologists had was the uh, dates in uh, during when some of this research was done. It was done quite a while ago. Um, some of the seasonality issues that surrounded their data uh, didn't uh, he didn't agree with uh, due to the fact that some of these uh, species that are endangered or protected are only visible during certain times of the year. Uh, their study pointed to the fact that um, they did these studies when you wouldn't see these species because of hibernation, because of moisture content, just for seasonal reasons. So um, 
we came back, um, or our biologists came back with some some discrepancies. There were quite a few of them. Um, we had the same uh, we had the same results when we looked at their their reports on on traffic um, in in their in their draft environmental draft environmental impact. We can say DEIR now that we've identified. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's such a mouthful. Yes. Anyway, so uh, in their DEIR, their report says that the traffic will be significant and not mitigatable, meaning that there's nothing they can do to mitigate this problem. This is an issue um, for some council members. It's a deal breaker. If you can't comply with what the city has set out, then what are we even reviewing this for? It's it's out of compliance. So so why should we even spend the time to review this if it's significant and unavoidable? Um, we found the same thing, but we chose to just go with what they came up with. There was no, you know, what else? What else could we do? So. And then we had um, we had fire issues. Uh, you know, we've had fires in this area, um, and they they didn't seem to think that the um, that the fire risk was very high, even though the city has designated that area as a risky area. So we have conflicts. Okay. We have serious conflicts with what we found, with what they found. We're going to present before the council. They will present before the council, and we'll we'll see where the vote goes. Okay. But is this slated for any particular council meeting date? It was. Well, it's been moved several times. Mm-hmm. Um, we have no idea why. Uh, it was slated for November for later this month after the elections. Uh, apparently, it's been moved again. Uh, okay. So we don't know when it's scheduled to come before the council, but it it will come before a new council. So we don't know how that will impact our our effectiveness in lobbying the council members to try and see things as we see them, to uh, look at the alternatives that we think are viable. Um, we just don't know. So again, this thing has been moved and moved and moved. We don't have any reason. We don't have any understanding as to what the reason is. So, okay. Um, so the listeners know this is uh, 59 acres, as I mentioned before. Uh, what the uh, proposal is right now is uh, that uh, let's see how it's. Well, in September, it was uh, changed from 44 acres to 47 acres, which would mean 89% of the current 59 acres would uh, be bridged over to the Helen Putnam Regional Park. Um, You mentioned that this property being in a high-fire area, how does the county uh, look at Helen Putnam Park? Is that also considered high-fire? Yes, and we have spoken with uh, Sonoma County Regional Parks okay. on numerous uh, occasions to ask them about this, to ask them what their process is for bringing this under their umbrella as a park that they would manage and uh, care for. 
Um, their, their assessment of that area is that, yes, it is a, a high fire risk area. Uh, given where it is, given the direction the winds blow, given the uh, composition of the, uh, the land there, the grasses and the trees, um, yeah, it is. And um, you could theoretically have a fire that started in Chilina Valley. That wind will catch it and bring it right over the top of that hill and right into Windsor, into that development, uh, Victoria, uh, and right down to those homes that David Don proposes to build. So, so do you know what the position is of Sonoma Regional Parks as expansion? Sonoma County Regional Parks um, stated their position, their goals, as their their number one goal is fire prevention and and mitigation here in the county. That's that's their top concern. Their second concern is being able to staff staff the parks to to have staff on hand so that they don't have to shortchange anybody, so that they have the right amount of staff to do the job that they're charged with doing. Um, and I mentioned this in the context of how they were going to absorb that. And typically what they do is they will watch a piece of property for a few years. And in this case, what's being proposed is that... Um, um, Kelly Creek would be in charge of creating a smaller park within the park. So uh, where the red barns are, for example, there are some red barns on mm -hmm. the property. Mm -hmm. um, they want to do something down there. They want to put a pedestrian bridge across the creek. Um, we feel that all of these things are very invasive and very destructive to the habitat. If you... Um, if you bring people into that area, they're going to walk all over there. They're going to walk in the creek. There are going to be dogs in the creek. Um, there's really no, there's no way to police that. You know, you can ask people not to go in the creek, but it's human nature. People are going to go in the creek. Kids are going to go in the creek. I used to go in Kelly Creek when I was a kid. I grew up in Petaluma, and we'd run down there and build a fort and, you know. But kids do that, and we understand that. So, um... What, and back to my point about the parks, what they would do is they would watch that to see how that phase, the first phase, plays out. What the impact is on wildlife, what it is, what the impact is on the creek. Um, from there, they would then make a decision as to whether or not they would actually include it. So to say that this is a done deal, that everyone's in line to to do as David on and Kelly Creek um, proposes or has laid out to the public is is not inaccurate. It's just doesn't discuss the timing issue and whether or not the parks will actually see impact, negative impact to the wildlife, to the creek, to the um, uh, the wildlife. Uh, urban interface, which is what this area is, um, and would you like me to explain what that is for our listeners? Uh, sure. If sure, if I can. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, a wildlife urban interface, it's sometimes called a WUI, um, is a corridor where animals migrate. They go there to nest. They go there to breed. They go there for water. 
And that's what this area is. So if you, even if you chop up a small portion of it, you still impact. The, the animals don't know. They don't, they don't know that it's only 28 homes. All they see is the fact that we've got earth movers out here. We've got equipment moving stuff. We have building materials coming in. We don't understand this. So they're forced to go elsewhere. And they're, there is inevitable spillover and impact no matter what they do out there. Uh, you just, you can't, you can't guard against it. You can't police it. There's nothing you can do to mitigate the damage that will occur if they build the 28 homes and if they put that park in there. It's, it's inevitable. Okay. Um, is it worth the trade-off? That's a question that everybody asks. We don't necessarily have that answer. I mean, we'll be truthful with you. We're not going to say, you know, oh, this is the answer. This is the perfect scenario. We don't know if it's worth the trade-off or not. Um, is, is Helen Putnam underutilized? I don't know. Uh, there's three entrances now. Do they need another? I don't know. Uh, would it make it easier for people to get into the park? Maybe, but at what cost? What's the cost to, to the land, to the wildlife, to, to everything that comes from that? We don't, this is not a vacuum type situation, you know. Um, as I said earlier, when I was a kid, we used to play in Kelly Creek. Kelly Creek was a vibrant, living creek in those days. There were crawdads, there were frogs, tadpoles, fox, ducks. All sorts of animals were down, and we'd see them all the time. They put in uh, Victoria, and stuff runs downhill. It runs into the creek, and the creek is not alive anymore. It's basically dead. It's just... It's a conduit for water. That's all it is. There's very little life in that creek. And that's, that's because of development. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, lot of indications that by building these 28 homes, there will be significant and uh, detrimental impact to the, further to the creek um, and to the animals that live there. And there's a lot of different species that live there, and some of them have special status. Um, you know, in their DEIR, they assess that um, of the of the 45 special status species, there's only 10 that will be that will be negatively impacted by that. Well, that's only 22 percent. Um, the other the other 78 they don't address. So there's. There's gaps. We just we just see gaps in their thinking, in the way they've presented this, in the way that this is going to play out. We don't we don't we don't agree with them. It's, okay. it's, and it's yeah. clearly environmental reasons. You don't you're not opposed to this oh, the, no. the development. No, 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 no. I'm a business person. Right. I've started a couple of businesses. I've sold a couple of businesses. Um, we're not anti-development. That's not the point here at all. Okay. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's the immediate response that a lot of people have. Oh, they're tree huggers. They're NIMBYs. They don't want this. They don't want any development. They, you know, they want to be off the grid. Mm -hmm. That's not the case here. These are people that are concerned about the environment. I understand the value of development and how it supports a city and enriches a city and creates diversity. I understand all that. 
But 28 homes in this spot is a bad idea, in our opinion. That's that's really what it comes down to. We're not anti-development. Okay. The, the city needs housing. The city needs affordable housing. This this development does nothing to help our RENA numbers, and that's another acronym. I guess we'll have to yeah. have to go over here. Uh, let's see. I'm going to read this for you. Uh, RENA, uh, R H N A, and it's pronounced RENA, stands for Regional Housing Needs Allocation, and it's been determined by the state that each city needs to do that. Um, Petaluma has. I don't know, 140% of houses that are considered uh, more than moderately priced, okay? Um, and they are very deficient in their arena numbers. So this, this development will do nothing to help that, that gross imbalance that we have. Uh, it's just, it doesn't do anything. It's, it, it doesn't fit in with the plan, so to speak. Uh, and if the city doesn't build these, uh, if it doesn't reach the goal of the affordable housing units available uh, as mandated by the state, the city is in jeopardy of losing some funding. So, again, we just don't think it's a good idea. We think that city resources could be better spent, better utilized, building houses elsewhere for people that truly need them. Uh, and, you know, 28 homes seems like an insignificant number. It really does when you look at how many homes there are in Petaluma. Um, but again, we come back to the fact that during the construction period, there will be equipment parked out there. There will be building materials parked out there uh, or placed there or stored there. There will be fencing that's put up. It will be invasive, and it will have a negative impact on that piece of property. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Um, you're listening to Inside Petaluma. Right now we are speaking with uh, Chris Court, who is a member of the steering committee for Petalumans for Responsible Planning. And we're discussing the Scott Ranch property, which is 59 acres at D Street and Windsor Drive here in Petaluma. And uh, Chris, you and I chatted a little bit before we went on air. You had mentioned a uh, 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 contact that you'd had with the Audubon Society and you'd, you'd said something that you had some, something, we, we were talking about the Audubon, was it the Audubon Society? We were? Oh, we weren't? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. The Audubon Society, um, they, of all the different agencies and organizations that we've talked to, the Sierra Club, Sonoma County Regional Parks, uh, an or, uh, uh, a program called STRAW. We have not talked to the Audubon Society. Maybe we what is STRAW? STRAW is um, it's a it's an organization that was developed here in the Bay Area in 1995. It stands for Students Teachers Restoring a Watershed. Okay. And um, it originally. Um, started with a teacher who had this idea of restoring creeks and watersheds. And she went to some of the local farmers and asked them if her kids could come in and plant willows and 
restore these creeks that over the years had suffered erosion. There's cows in them. They're torn up. And they don't, they don't act as they should. These should be fertile areas for, um, for the animals that inhabit those farms. And they were destroyed, and you weren't seeing those, you weren't seeing that type of wildlife anymore. So these people came in, and they did a couple of pilot studies with uh, ranchers, uh, some couple in Marin and a couple outside of Petaluma. And it was surprising how, how positive the ranchers were about this. They said, this is great. You know, the, the, the creeks are vibrant again. And um, we, had, um, we, we talked to them about taking this piece of property and incorporating it into their program. And they would be very interested in doing it talk to uh, Sonoma County Regional Parks about this as well, they work with straw, and they're familiar with the program, and it's utilized on some of the parks here in Sonoma County. Um, they were interested in the idea, um, but they're, they're still in a somewhat of a holding pattern to see what exactly happens. Straw is, a, is an incredibly non-invasive uh, type of program. Um, the, the trees that are in uh, that that line the creek that line that line Kelly Creek are eucalyptus trees. Those aren't native trees, and they suck up a lot of water. Willows are not not the same type of trees, obviously, and they are better for the creeks because if you look at creeks, you'll see a lot of willow trees along creeks. So that was that was an option that that we had presented to Sonoma County Regional Parks. They. Um, they haven't made a decision as to what they're going to do up there yet. Okay. Still waiting. Yes. Yeah. My apologies for That's getting okay. convinced. I like the Audubon right. Society. Yeah. I like those guys. They do a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. okay. Yeah. All right. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of information here. Yeah. A lot, a lot to sort through. Well, and I've never heard of straw before. So, no, not uh, everybody has. It's what's a typical project for them? How do, how do they operate? Typical project would be they would, um, they would contact a landowner. Uh, identify a piece of property. And this is through a school program? It's a school program. Okay. It's it's now run by a, a, an organization called Point Blue. Okay. Um, they're in the East Bay, and they, they manage it. It falls under their umbrella. Okay. okay. So um, they would identify a piece of property, contact the owner, uh, tell him what the scope of their uh, project is, and the owner would say yes or no. They would they would go in. Um, they they bring in their own materials. It's it's done all by kids. So there's no expense to the landowner. No. no. Okay. Yeah. So it's a. It's and how a, is it funded? It's funded by donations. It's funded by Point Blue. Okay. Um, and, and the funding is is minimal because ninety nine percent of the work is done by the kids. Okay. These are school programs. They get school credits for this. They get school credits. And it gives it gives inner city kids an opportunity to see what happens in a wildlife setting. It gives them uh, an experience to 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 see things that they would never see where they lived. And it's just it's it's a real vibrant program. Okay. It's a really good idea. And this this would be a perfect place for that. Just it it, it fits all the criteria, ticks all the boxes, whatever you, you know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what else? What else have you? What other information do you have to offer about uh, uh, what 
Petalumens for responsible planning? Well, you know, I think I've touched on, I've touched on, you know, certainly, certainly the highlights. Um, We're, you know, we don't have a deep message to to give to the community. What we want the community to do is to take a good hard look at this and. If they find the information that we have compelling, if you go to our website, you can see all the information we have. And what is your website? Uh, petrp.org. So, P-E-T-R-P dot org. And, um, you know, um, that's our message. And we haven't changed it. We have been on point since we started. Um, we haven't deviated from that. And again, um, we just think this is not a not a good idea for this piece of land. It might be a good idea someplace else. It might be a good idea for an abandoned golf course. It might be a good idea for the fairgrounds. Okay. Who knows? But not just not for this piece of land. So that's... Uh, that's what our message is. Are there? Do you have any other organizations or groups that are supporting your position? Um, this is just pretty much a local movement. Oh, it's very local. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've we've talked to other organizations, um, and we have attempted to bring them in. Um, I, it's. It's it's a conflict for some people, yeah. you know, depending on where their funding comes from, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the eucalyptus trees, and I, that's always a big concern for for landowners. That once these eucalyptus <coughs> trees reach a certain age, they right. become a hazard. They so, do. So what what's uh, how yeah. is that going to affect this? Well, um, there's the eucalyptus trees present an interesting problem because they're not native. They take a lot of water out of the creek. They don't provide any nutrients for the creek. And they don't provide the type of habitat that would nurture the creek, bring it back to life, as, for example, willows would. The other side of that is that there are birds that nest in those trees. There are raptors that nest in those trees. Mm -hmm. So we have to be aware of that. Would, would our suggestion be to go in there and cut them all down? No, no, we wouldn't, we wouldn't suggest that at all. What we would suggest is that the, the area be restored, restored to what it, what it was originally, okay. long before the trees came in. Okay, so, so if you're not going to cut down the trees, what, what, what is restoration going to look like? Well, rest, some of the trees would have to be cut down, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, but you would want to leave some, right. I would assume. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, and you mentioned that they that eucalyptus trees they take in a lot of water. They do, and we don't have a lot of water running through the creek. We don't have much. So water. at some point, those trees are going to become a safety hazard. Well, yeah, and then when you talk about water, oh, they're they're probably already a safety hazard yeah. to a certain extent. Uh, and when you talk about water, you know, we have a drought. Um, how are these homes going to impact that? Uh, you know, where's that water going to come from? Yeah. Uh, so, um, there's there's questions out there, and 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 our our goal and our our message has been to 
ask those questions. Um, you know, Kelly Creek has done a masterful job of telling people that this is a great, a great deal. You know, uh, this is one of the terms they use that this deal is is great, and um, we don't we don't think that it's a great deal. And truthfully, it was constructed by two organizations that have no standing in the community. They're not elected. They're not appointed. They're two separate entities. There is a developer and a nonprofit, and our opinion is that they had no, they had no standing to do this. Well, I, I think uh, that the Kelly Creek Protection Project, they do consider themselves environmentalists as well. Oh, so. of course they do. Yeah. So. They, they are true believers in that they think this is the best plan. You know, I, I, I would probably disagree with you on that, having had both okay. uh, Greg Colvin and uh, Peter Cohn on the show back in September. Okay. And that they don't, I don't think that they really, I ever heard it come out of their mouth that this is the best project, that this is the best compromise for the project. It's, it's the best alternative, yes. in their opinion. Yes. And they, <coughs> they believe that an, an alternative needs to be, uh, needs to be in place. And that without this alternative, that the developer would then <laughs> resell the property. It, we would start this process all over again with well, a new developer. I, I think a, a lot of us think that the developer, if this doesn't go through, the developer might end up suing the city over it. There's always that potential. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, if they go through this process, and they this is they've had, they have exhausted the process, they've moved through all the various phases of the of the process. That's yeah, in the course of nineteen years. Yes. That's a long time. Right. It's yeah. been a long battle. Yeah. Um, if they exhaust that process, then then I think that diminishes the the validity of their suit. Um, you know, one of the one of the, the ideas that gets floated around all the time, and we even had a city council member, who's no longer on the council, make the statement, they bought it and they have the right to build on it. And that's really not how our system works. Um, years and years and years ago, these people were called land speculators. And speculation involves risk. Mm -hmm. So they bought this piece of property, but there was an inherent risk there. There was the inherent risk. If if there was if there was no risk, then why go to all the trouble to do the DEIRs and you know? And, and we know the reason for that. We know that yeah. that, that protects the environment. Exactly. That's what it's designed to do. Exactly. But to to make the assumption that because they bought it, they get to develop it is 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 wrong. It's flawed thinking. Uh, that's not how our capitalist system works. Businesses fail all the time, yeah. daily. The stock market doesn't go up every day. Yeah, we don't want to talk about the stock market today. <laughs> <laughs> it's not been a good week. No, no, no. Um, but um, they they don't have the right to yeah. build up there. That's that's not what you get. You know. Um, 
And, you know, we would like to see them made whole, certainly. We don't, you know, we have no malice towards these people. We don't think they're evil, terrible people. Um, this is what they do. But just don't do it here. It's still a bad idea. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the... Uh, at the council meeting, when uh, city council meeting here in Petaluma, when this uh, this topic comes up for discussion, yeah, and I imagine it's going to be a full chambers full of uh, people from both sides. People are very uh, passionate about yeah, this, just like uh, with the fairgrounds. It's going to be that's, that's much correct. on that level, yeah. And um, people have, you know, uh, we have we we have a huge number of supporters here in town. Um, people feel very strongly about it. Fortunately, one way or the other, they they want the park and they feel that 28 homes is a is a fair compromise. Uh, people don't want anything up there; they want it left as open space. Um, so we'll yeah. we'll have to wait and see what the council has to say. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, In the uh, meantime, uh, what what's uh, next for Petalumans for uh, responsible planning? Um, our next step is to direct people to our website, as we continually do. Mm -hmm. uh, we have taken some ads out in the paper trying to be informative uh, and not and, and not in the not to skew people's thinking or to entice them, but to prompt them to look at the facts. To look at what the science is saying, um, um, and um, that's that's our goal. That's that's what we want to do. Okay. Um, so, do you hold regular meetings so that uh, residents look? You know, we have um, well, we haven't been able to uh, to hold any meetings for a while. Um, we do meet as a steering committee um, once a week, Zoom meetings. Um, we have um, we have had town hall meetings before. Okay. We haven't for a while, um, but we have a strong base, and we get uh, we send out emails to people when there's news, uh, when there's developments in the program. Or do you have a lot of subscribers to your email. We do. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know what those numbers mean. Uh, we probably have about. Close to a thousand people okay. in our mailing list, and we get a pretty good response. Uh, you, this is the application we use uh, shows you how many people have opened. You know, it's about fifty percent, so okay. it's okay. It's okay. not. Uh, it's not too bad. Um, but we have a lot of people that support us, so okay. we're we're hopeful that that they will reach out to the council members and ask them to look at it. Then uh, you mentioned what's our next steps. Um, we need to speak with the council members. We need to take our data, put it before them again. We did it last time. Um, we had some support. And we had some people that feel that the 28 homes yeah. is a good compromise. Yeah. So it, it's both, it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this particular property doesn't fall within any of the districts that are currently electing new city council members. No. Uh, but... Uh, 
eventually, when this comes to the council, and this will be the new council that will probably vote on it in the end. That's correct. Uh, I would imagine you've spoken to the candidates for districts one, two, and three to see what their positions are. We have. Okay. And um, uh, we. Yeah. Don't mention any names. No, no, no I'm not going to mention any names. Yeah, we can't here. do that. Either. No, no, no. We don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have, and um, it's mixed. That's that's the best thing I can say. Some people, some people know more about it than others. Mm-hmm. Certainly, some some candidates are not focused on this as an issue that would be important to their constituents. So, it's mixed, and that's mm-hmm. and that's really the best response yeah. that I can give yeah. you. Um, and it's it's always been mixed. You you have people that that feel strongly about the environment that are on the council, and some that. Um, don't feel as strongly, and again feel that the trade-off is is okay. That it's a it's a viable trade-off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think um, to what you mentioned earlier, there there is uh, potentially a concern for a lawsuit. Uh, but if they've gone through the the process, exhausted the process, then then I think that their their chance for a lawsuit is. Doesn't yeah. doesn't hold a lot of chance. We often wonder sometimes um, how how they can possibly really realize a profit out of this because they've they bought this property nearly twenty years ago. They spent seven million dollars. They have probably spent as much um, on research, attorneys. Uh, landscape architects, public relations firms, um, they've spent a lot of money to push this forward. And the number of homes has been continually whittled down. Uh, now it's 28. Um, so if, if you look, you go, what is so special about this project that they are willing to to actually go to the construction phase? I mean, it's... It's hard to make this work in terms of a profit, and and now we're going into a, a period of rising uh, interest rates. Mortgages are going to go up. Um, it, it 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 will be challenging for them. That's that's our assessment. That's a whole new show that we can yeah. talk well, about for an hour. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, if you'll have me back, I would. Well, that's a possibility. To, I mean, have in, the, in the end, we'll uh, have to wait and see what the. Audience it, it, responses. Exactly. How, exactly. Uh, um, now, are there other any other projects, uh, development projects in Petaluma that uh, that Petalumans uh, are? No, we have we have just this one project. Okay. And this is this is what we do. Um, this is what we're familiar with. Um, we we have become extremely familiar with uh, planning uh, mm-hmm. permits. Uh, you know, environmental impact reports. Uh, I frankly never wanted to read an environmental impact report. But yeah, who would? Once you've read one, it's like, oh my God, my eyes are bleeding. Well, yeah, <laughs> and they're so long, and they go on and on and on, and so detailed. Um, it's painful. Yeah. Uh, it I, I would question truly whether the planners read them from cover to cover. Wow. 
What's important is that the city council members read these, and so I agree. Um, I agree with so, you. Yeah, but I mean, those those guys are overworked and underpaid anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, are they going to dive into a sixteen hundred page document? Yeah. Well, that's why it's important to elect the ones that really are in love with the city and the community and have this, this town's best interest at heart. So. You know, I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, but people feel that their position is correct. That yes, I am. I this position that I hold, whether you're for the development or against the development, or pro development or anti development, you feel that that's the best for the town. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have to respect that. That's yeah. that's what our process is about, and that's what uh, that's what makes it a great country, I guess. Yeah. Everyone gets their their day. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we are uh, here. I, I say we because it's a habit. I'm usually here with my co host. Right. But uh, well, we're we. I yeah. am here with Chris Court this morning. Thank you. Uh, and we're uh, discussing the Scott Ranch property, which is 59 acres at D Street and Windsor Drive here in Petaluma. Thank you, Chris, for being here with us and representing Petalumans for responsible planning. Thank you for having and me. For the discussion. Uh, we, we, yeah, we, we appreciate the opportunity. And again, we like uh, to encourage people to go to our website, uh, read the reports, and if they if they feel strongly about it, to reach out to their council members and tell them that they would like them to consider voting no when it comes before the council. So, Great. Yeah. And I'll I'll mention your website again for you. It is p e t r p dot org. Uh, and you can go there. And the city of Petaluma also has information on its website where you can actually uh, view the, uh, the the plan that's been submitted. And uh, there's other other things to read about. So, um, yeah. yeah, Chris, thanks so much. Cindy, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I yeah. love your show. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah it's you. good. It's great that it's here in town. Well, yeah. then you should go to our Facebook page, KPCA oh, okay. Inside Petaluma, okay. and give us a like because we're likable. Okay. okay. Very Did you ever, do you remember KTOB? I do. Yeah. KTOB okay. was right down there on the corner right. by it was. Washington yeah. And, yeah. The, and what was used to be Main Street. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was a great radio yeah. station. Yeah. I've only been here 30 years, uh, 31 years, and... Uh, but uh, I was uh, in high school, at, in Novato High School. Okay. And so our big thing was to come up and cruise the boulevard right. in our yeah. cars. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I did a little bit of that. So I, I, yeah. I remember small town Petaluma. And it's one of the reasons why when I chose to move away from Marin, which was being overbuilt. Sure. I was to come here because of its, uh, the, the flavor with here was just... Uh, so hometown. It is. Yeah. It's a really, yeah. it's got that flavor to it. That's yeah. a good descriptive word. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much, yeah. Chris. Okay. So now if you uh, want to hear any of our past shows, uh, you can go to KP, I'm sorry, InsidePetaluma.com and uh, go to the archives page and you can hear this show uh, probably in a couple of days it will post. But all of our past shows over the last, oh my gosh, four or five years now uh, are located there. And um, as well is the um, interviews we did with all 12 candidates for uh, Petaluma Council and Mayor 
this last month. So if you haven't voted yet and you still want to hear from your candidates, InsidePetaluma.com and go to the archives page. In the meantime, I'm Cindy Thomas, and I'll be back next week with, I'm hoping, my co-host, Janice Peter Thompson. And uh, we're here every Friday from 11 to noon, just about every Friday. And uh, until then, we will catch up then. Take care.